All right, everybody out there listening, listen to the Mercy Monday podcast. You won't regret it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Murphy Monday podcast, where every Monday we celebrate the life and career of Eddie Murphy. I'm your host, Nigel A. Fullerton. That voice that you just heard is Clint Smith. If you don't know who Clint Smith is, take a listen. Tell us how you cut him. Yeah, the phone in the limo is busted. What are you, ignorant? Politically incorrect. Somebody needs to whip your ass. Mm-hmm. Get up and whip him, sweet. It's so good to see you. The neighborhood seems to be thriving. Oh, that's that gentrification. You know, when the colored man had this neighborhood, didn't have shit. And the white man move in, they got the coffee houses and the dog parks, and my brownstone on Fox Boulevard is worth $10 million. Your brownstone ain't worth no $10 million. My brownstone is too worth $10 million, and I'm going to sell it and get me a Tesla. That second voice that you just heard is Clint. Clint Smith has been in trading places. He's been in 48 hours. He's been in Coming to America and the new sequel to Coming to America. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for this exclusive. We are talking to Clint Smith, former vice president of Eddie Murphy Productions. If you haven't already, please like, share, and subscribe. Tell an Eddie Murphy fan to tell an Eddie Murphy fan that you love this podcast. With all hearts and minds clear, let's start this show. We've been waiting for a long time. Yes, we've been waiting for a long, long time. Good morning, my Uh, listen, I, I'm I'm ready. Uh, I got it on record right now. Um, if you can, man, brother, this is this is epic. <laughs> you on your way to the top. Yeah. You the next Lenny Bruce, man. It's both of us, bro. It's <laughs> together. I said together, bro. Season two. Let's do this in a big way. Hello. Hi, am I speaking to uh, Clint Smith? Yes. Hi, how are you? My name is Nigel Fullerton. Um, I have my partner on the phone as well. If he... We jump in the line, though. I hope you know that. We were from being in the back of the line. We jumped way up in the front. <laughs> What's up? Man, I was talking about you the other day when I spoke to uh james d turner who was in the he was one of the big berry white motherfuckers um in the trading places scene with you that one kid that that did most of the talking that was one of eddie's buddies yeah clint that's that's what yeah. i was referring to clint smith that's his buddy yeah uh, right yes yeah i know i remember i didn't realize i didn't realize who he was at the time and uh yeah. he was just telling me how great you were in that jail scene, he was like, "As Durag Lenny, Clint, man, Clint, Clint was on." <laughs> yeah, they, we, you know, we were just in the cracking jokes and improv, and so you know, but a lot of it ain't make it in there. Yeah, but we kind of killed it. Oh, uh, what didn't make it in there? I'm just curious. Um, just in that jail cell, you know, because me and Eddie were just bullshitting and, and improv and doing a lot of shit, and Landon were like, "No, no, no." Stick to the script. 
That's Landis. Landis is like, he wants you to read the words. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, it all turned out good. Now, now you're from Roosevelt also, correct? Yeah. Tell me about how it was growing up in Roosevelt uh, with all that talent that you guys had, because I think you were around the, you guys were around Public Enemy also, right? No, those guys, yeah. How, how was it um, being guys from Roosevelt, Long Island, and then making it to Hollywood? All right, well, yo, the thing is that, all right, when we were kids, Eddie was like, um, I mean, even when we were in high school, he was laser-focused on making it. You know, he actually said, I'm going to be bigger than the Beatles, all that type of shit, you know. Mm -hmm. We were like, yeah, okay. But he was laser-focused, and he kept going and going. And uh, he made it, and he said, yo, Clint, you want to come? work with me i'm like fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know that was the beginning that was like i think like 1980 81 when he got the gig at saturday night live mm-hmm. and he said they said i could bring somebody to work with me and i was like okay i bet i'm coming and that was that i seen you in some of those sketches too oh yeah yeah definitely. a lot of fun definitely yeah, we had a lot of fun but like I said, Ed was mad focused and on just succeeding. He didn't do nothing. He ain't party. He ain't smoke no weed. Nothing. Oh wow. But oh. um, yeah, he deserves it all, man. He worked real hard. It ain't falling his lap. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't think that at all. I mean, it's it's just amazing. Uh, what what's your story? Because I'm I'm curious. My story. Yeah. Right. So I call up my friend Clint over here, right? And I say, hey, Clint, you want to see Goldie Hawn butt naked? He said, bet, you know? <laughs> so we jump in my car. We drive to the movie theater, you know? We buy to go up inside and sit in the balcony, right? Me and Clint like to sit in the balconies and throw milk duds at the back of people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? So the movie go off, right? Me and Clint sitting in the top row chilling out, right? And they turned the lights up and everybody got up and put on their coats and turned around and was looking up at the balcony and me and Clint. I said, hey, man, what the hell you looking at? <laughs> Just because me and Clint are here together don't mean that Clint's a homosexual, you know? <laughs> me and Clint, we friends, you know? We like to hang out together. We lift weights, you know? Clint's little, you know, but he built himself up. He lifting these weights. He got these rippling muscles and his smooth skin. It ain't like I be looking at his body or nothing like that. <laughs> Checking them out. Me and friends, me and Clint is buddies. We hang out from the old days. We real physical buddies. Be wrestling and hossing around. Look, man, we just friends, all right? Okay, just because I be wrestling and touching don't mean that me and him end now. You know, we, we do everything together since we was kids, man. Ever since we were little kids. We even in Boy Scouts, then we share the same tent. That don't mean nothing, though. That we share the same tent, see? And what just disgusting what y'all thinking, right? Don't be looking at Clint. Y'all think, really think Clint's a homosexual? I think he deserves an apology, all right? That's disgusting what y'all think. I think y'all should send a letter to him, write in the letter and say, Dear Clint, I'm sorry I thought you was a homosexual. Here's Mel and tell you how to do it. Send your apology to Clint. I'm sorry I thought you were a homosexual. Here, focus on And he figured it out. Oh, wow. And, uh, and the rest is history, because... You know, he was really having a problem getting getting Reggie Hammond, but he killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I went out there with him. Then we were at Dick Ebersole's house, and Ebersole said, 
you want to come to Saturday Night Live with that, it's cool. I guess because, you know, with his first season there, and uh, that's it. Then that opens his, uh, he got a deal with Paramount production deal, and I went over there with him and was vice president of Eddie Murphy Television. Yeah. And just kept it going, and I guess I was, was a week were in business for about 10 years. We did a bunch of pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a couple, a couple of shows. We got a couple of wonderful awards for a show called What's Alan Watching? And uh, I, I actually we recently had the Royal watched Family. That. With, that's actually, a good show. Yeah, I actually recently watched both the Royal Family and What's Alan Watching. I, I watched it mostly because of the um, because of the James Brown sketch that you guys do on that. Free James Brown. Free James that was Brown. Hilarious. What do you mean why should I give you a hundred reasons why you should? Papa got a brand new bag. Please, please, please get on the good foot. Uh, this is a man's world. In fact, they should have changed that to it's a white man's world because that's the reason why James Brown's in jail in the first place. Y'all don't ignore all the accomplishments that that man made. You know that man contributed many things to science as well as music. Do you know that James Brown is the man that invented the salt vaccine? That's, that's right. right. And James Brown, that's also involved in politics. That's true. That's true. You know, James Brown is the man that placed Sir Han Sir Han at the Grassy Knoll. That's right. That's but right. you don't read about that in the newspaper because the newspaper is printed by Mighty White. Why, James Brown? Why aren't you concerned about Nelson Mandela? Hey, we take care of our people. You let the Italians worry about Nelson Mandela. That's right. We address in black folk. We address in black folk. Free James Brown. Free James Brown was hilarious. Those characters are based on our country cousins who would come up from North Carolina and Georgia. I had one cousin, two of my cousins showed up that on Tenth Hat Bell Bottom, and they was in a yellow coupe de ville. <laughs> pulled in the driveway. <laughs> my father said, Woo, we coupe de ville. Uh-huh. They said, Yeah, Uncle Smitty, that's right. They got the cruise control. Since we left Windsor, ain't touch pedal a break. <laughs> True story. But that's it. And, you know, me and Eddie, back in the day, you know, before he even got Saturday Night Live, when he was a road comedian, me and him used to drive around and just be making jokes and bullshit. It was a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Uh, now, why? Did, how come you never did stand-up? Stand-up? Yeah. I'm funny as hell, but I don't like being up on stage. I get I get butterflies. Same with actors. I got you. Not even butterflies. My knees. You can hear my knees shaking in the audience. So oh wow! I never did it. I left that to Ed. Mm. And uh, you know, you know, we'd be at, we'd be in the car chilling and stuff, and then you see some shit you said in his act, but it's gonna do it. Wow. I blessed him with it. <laughs> of course, he would put a, you know, he would flip the script on it, but it was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and he could deliver it. So I had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question for you. Uh, I don't know last if you know. Last question, it. all right? Uh, last question, definitely. I don't know if you know this, but you're famous for that, your catchphrase, that's, that boy's good. That boy's good. Oh, they love it, right? Yeah, was that was that Adlib? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, a lot of that stuff in the barbershop was Adlib. That was one time when when they let us go. Oh man, you lying! You ain't never met Martin Luther King. Knocked the wind out of me. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not. 
But then Lampin was giving me a problem one time of one line. Do it again. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Like when the pain comes in, I say, what the, what in the hell is that? I had to say that like 10 times. Oh, wow. That... Yeah, but that was fun. We had a lot of fun with that. Okay, so that tested through the roof. All right. I, I, I like it. I, yeah. I th- I thank you. I'm I'm sorry. I know you got to go. Um, but I thank you for this conversation. I thank you for doing this. Uh, God bless you. No problem. I hope it turns out good. Hit me and let me know uh, when and where I can listen to it at. Thank you. Thank all you. right, baby. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. All right, man. Thank you. Duke Chaplin for making this happen. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram at Murphy Monday Pod. For all other episodes, go to www.murphymondaypod.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Good night.